Maddie, how are you? Andy, hello. I am good. I am uh, chilling up in Brooklyn, but it's nice to talk to somebody from home. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was really excited when we connected like a couple years back. And it was just yes. like, wow, someone from like the same area as me and is like thriving. Was thriving. I wouldn't You're consider- still thriving. <laughs> I am unemployed thriving. Yeah, I'm um, I'm trying to thrive. Yeah, no, I feel that. And I think I think you are thriving, you know. You're one of the like my favorite people I've met off Twitter. Oh, and thank you. Yes, course. you are a very you're a very treasured Twitter friend. And it's very nice to like <laughs> see your face and hear your voice. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about you and comedy. So what got you inspired to do comedy? What mediums you perform? And how long have you been doing it? Um, so it's been, oh, I hate saying it, it's been four years. Um, it doesn't feel like it because uh, the job that I had that I moved to New York for was night shift. So I didn't get to do comedy for like a year because of that. And then the pandemic hit and then I didn't have my job anymore, but I still couldn't go do it because of the pandemic. So it's been a while. My last live performance was, I think, Valentine's Day 2020. Um, I think I'm going to attempt to sign up for an in-person mic tomorrow. And just thinking about signing up tomorrow is making <laughs> me feel <I'm> nervous. Insane. <laughs> but yeah, um, I so one of the reasons I started, um, actually the reason I started, so I'd always like I found papers in my closet as a kid where I was like 13 trying to write stand up and then like not doing anything with it. Um, and then um, <laughs> in college, um, they would, there would always be a comedian that came in the spring and they would usually have a student open. And this girl, Rebecca opened for Colin Jost. Um, and she was a hundred times funnier than him. Like, she killed it and then Colin Jost came out and he's just as unfunny as I think he's always been um <laughs> I just remember him doing like a joke that involved a Nazi salute and I was like careful we're in, we're in Red County um yeah so she did so well that I was like if she can be funnier than Colin Jost I can be funnier than Colin Jost literally I started comedy to spike Colin Jost <laughs> um the great goal <laughs> It is. I forget. I'm trying to remember where I did my first. Actually, okay. So I went to college and then my first set was when I came home from college back to DC. And I did that mic that used to be at um, Mellow Mushroom. There was a mic that was at Mellow Mushroom every Wednesday. Um, It no longer exists, which makes me sad. But um, yeah, my first time actually went really well. I, it, like in a way that kind of made me think that it was always going to be <laughs> better than that um yeah it's been man I didn't remember that mic until right now it's been a long <laughs> time I love that um so do you only do stand up you also do a uh, sketch is a well um it's been a while I sketches where I started um mm-hmm because I got rejected for every acapella group in college. And then there was this like sketch show and I was like, fuck it. If I don't get into any of the acapella groups, I'll go right for this, whatever it is. Um, and so it's called Elon tonight. You can very much find it on YouTube. Um, none of it is, none of the sketches are like 
good <laughs> nobody cared about it except people that were on the show but it was so fun anyway um I was doing sketch maybe to be like okay I can write like why don't I just go say these things out loud mm-hmm. instead of relying that. on 10 other college students to make it look some kind of way <laughs> <laughs> I feel that um yeah do you do you do sketch stuff right so I did some sketch stuff while I was in college. Also, like, not really because the pandemic kind of hit while we were, like, yeah. doing real sketch stuff while we were preparing. So um, I haven't gotten a chance to do much with that, but I would love to get into it. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks so bad. The pandemic took everything. I was supposed to open for one of my favorite comics, and I was so excited. I was like, this is the biggest thing I've ever done. Um, and then the pandemic hit and now like the universe owes me so much i wish that that was how it worked but if we get a chance to open for them then i i do too i feel like i have to like i don't know it feels like i was gaining momentum a little bit because i was like barely starting to do new york comedy and then i lost it all so we are back to square one that's why i'm asking people on twitter like hey do you live here (laughs) what are you going to i love that um so what inspires your material and what is like your process when it comes to writing and performing um I am a very weird person organizationally and my like logistical I is that a word I don't know process would be like I used to try to write stuff in a journal first and then now I like type it all up first in a Google doc so that I can go back and like, if I'm like, Oh, what was that joke? I can like keyword search it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is my comedy notebook. I'm holding uh, a, you can't see, which is everybody. It's a little yellow notebook with two stickers on it. um, of Like a little CD player and a plant. I just put random stickers on it so that I can tell it's mine. Um, And then when I write things on paper, it's like, I'm writing phrases that would be incomprehensible to everybody else because I'm just writing like the gist of the joke I the only thing like this just says militia etheridge (laughs) (laughs) there's just a page that says nothing but that um I used to for a little while like I used to get so nervous that I was gonna forget something and I don't that often but like a now I'm used to zoom comedy where you can pull up the notes app on the side you can mm-hmm. see it nobody knows you're looking at it mm-hmm. um but to make myself feel like okay just in case I would get a piece of paper that's like the tiniest like rip off a corner and then put all your stuff on that and so that way if you're really really nervous like you know you have a tiny piece of paper in your pocket you're not going to need it but it's there yep yep um I wish that I could like make myself sit down and write comedy instead it's more like I'll think of something and be like oh shit that's funny and put it I have like a little note in my phone that's all my like half jokes um and then sit down and try to to do that Um, yeah I'm the same way yeah what is your uh how about I don't think I've seen you do stand-up at least not for a while yeah um, not for a while since i've been at your open mic um yeah I, it's yeah. been a while <laughs> that's uh you should, you should i mean hey feel free to sign back up for it. the next one is uh may 12th so next wednesday Ooh, i might i might come 
Yeah, you should. Oh, who's sorry? I'm looking at my calendar. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, what the fuck is what the fuck do I have tomorrow on my calendar? And I just realized it's a job interview. <laughs> I almost <laughs> deleted it for being like, I don't know what this is. Um oh, I was having such a the things that I applied to, a lot of them require you to be at least a little bit funny. Like I have applied to like do copywriting stuff and just uh, just everything. I've applied for all kind of random jobs, but the one that um, if you're listening out there, I applied to be a joke writer for this video game um, called Good Pizza, Great Pizza. It's amazing. I really want to if you guys are listening, uh, hire me. I think I would have a lot of fun with that. I literally, my only career background right now is uh, comedy and video games and social media. I love that. So, horrible, Definitely horrible combination. Them. They're amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank um, you. I love that. So um, we talked a little bit about this before, but you're from DC, essentially, like me. And you yes. moved to New York. What was that adjustment like? specifically like being in the comedy scene from DC to New York I'm sure it's mostly different very very different yeah so I to this day I miss DC comedy those were like I was unemployed I I moved back in with my parents after college and so I was like all right well now I'm going to be in a new scene I don't have a job I had just broken up with my boyfriend um and of like two years and so I was just bounced back home and was like all right I don't know what the fuck to do whatsoever I'm gonna go do comedy and try to make some friends here um and the first time switching scenes for that was kind of like all right your first open mic in front of these people is not a mic to try new jokes this is an audition like you need to show them that you are already good at this so that people come up to you and you're like oh, where'd you move? Like, you need to be some kind of good enough for people to be like, oh, I, I remember that person on stage. Um, and then moving to New York, I don't feel like I got to do that super a lot just because of how inconsistently I was able to do comedy. Um, the DC comedy scene was really the most important community I think I've ever been part of because um, that was all I was doing when I was home. I was like looking for jobs. The job I ended up getting came kind of out of nowhere. Um, but um, I'm still adjusting. I don't really know what to do. If I go do a live mic tomorrow, I will be so terrified and so excited. I just don't really leave the house <laughs> super often anymore. But like you've been on Zoom stuff for me. That's been my attempt at creating some kind of community because some of these people are from new york and i'm like hey you're gonna have to see me in person hello let's hang out um but yeah it was a fucking my transition in dc from north carolina seemed really easy because it was like okay well i went from the middle of nowhere to like a city where i can get places myself i don't need to beg other comics to drive me um yeah, I just, I miss everybody back there. I was at one point thinking of moving back to DC from here because no job, but um, I realized like I would kick myself so hard if I moved to New York and in the two years being here, never tried to do comedy, like seriously. So every day I am trying not to give up on the dream. 
No, definitely. And I think you're going to be one of the people who make it out alive out of this. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> I hope so. I just, uh, it feels like I've switched to only being, only doing comedy like on Twitter because all there is is online. But now that's not true anymore. Now people are going back out and I have to go be a person in person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. When's the last time you performed live? Oh my gosh. Live? I think I want to say like December, uh, right before the pandemic had hit. So that was March, or like December winter time. Um, would have been 2019. 2019. 2019 was like when I did yeah. live. Damn. It's a very long yeah. time ago. Yeah. My last live show was one of my first dates with my girlfriend. She wasn't my girlfriend yet, but she came to this show it was like her and one of my other friends were there it wasn't it was like on valentine's day it was the least good uh date you can bring somebody on because she had to pay like a two drink minimum she had to sit through everybody else's set she had to like buy the tickets so i'm i'm never putting through her through that again she's like she'll come on zoom to be there for my mic sometimes or she'll like sit next to me in the room um she could probably do my entire set by now a lot of people that come to my zoom mic could probably do my entire set by now um i i'm trying to get her to understand like if this is real life like you do not need to come to my mics ever like i would love to have you there but just so you know no comics are bringing anyone that they care about because they know that this is not fun (laughs) this is not fun for other people (laughs) i definitely feel that um so you, as you mentioned, you produced an open mic called Are They You Know. Uh, what inspired you to start that? And what is it like producing that? Um, it's so fun. I had done a couple Zoom shows, but wasn't like entirely sure about them. I was like, oh, this is going to be so awkward. Everyone's going to be muted. I won't even be able to hear any laughter. Um, but then I did a show um, for... I think it was Fernando Madrigal um, back from DC. He ran a Zoom show and it was so much fun. There were like 50 people in the audience. Like people are actually laughing. I haven't been in front of that much audience on Zoom since then, but it was so fun and like felt like real comedy to me, quote, quote, real. Um, so I was like, I need to do more Zoom shows. And I kept asking people that I knew ran Zoom shows. Um, and then I was like, fuck it. If I want to get unrusty from comedy, I need to give myself that platform. Um, it used to be called the ethereal bisexual mic because that was like right after Obama said that in his memoir. <laughs> um, but like, A, people forgot about that. And B, they thought that it was only a mic for bisexuals. <laughs> so I had to change the name to are they dot, 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 you know, um, it's yeah I basically just wanted to give myself a platform and other queer performers because I was like for the first time last time I did comedy in person I not I wasn't non-binary yet because that's not how you say it but (laughs) I didn't I was like okay maybe but we'll put that issue off for later so I just wasn't thinking about it and now I was like I 
this is so fucking funny to me. All the things that I've done and tried to do to like get people to understand or like some of the shit that they've said to me, so funny and fucked up. <laughs> and I like have to write jokes about it. But when I go back to like the first time I go do comedy in person, I think I have like a whole two to three minute thing about being non-binary. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite like bits I've ever written. And I cannot go start with that. Like when I go up, if I go up tomorrow, you can't start with that just in case people are going to like stop listening when they hear that. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'd like to think that New York is going to be accepting, but uh, for now, I think it's unfortunately, sometimes it's more beneficial to be like, I'm a hot girl, hot girl comedy. I don't, (laughs) anyone can do hot girl comedy. My belief is that hotness is a performance and anybody can perform hotness if they choose. Mm -hmm. It's like comedy. I love that. <laughs> um, so you also done like satire writing. And yes. what what do you write about for that? Like what inspires you? Um, so I I don't wanna <laughs> give away all her secrets for free, but uh, Georgia Shank, who is amazing and like all my humor writing goals, um, she once told me if I'm trying to write headlines like go look at BuzzFeed and you'll get so annoyed with how stupid that shit is that you'll come up with your own ideas. It truly just looking at BuzzFeed helps me write headlines so much. Um, I, uh, I don't feel like I'm doing, like I'm still doing it. And I just submitted to a competition that I like feel pretty good about my submission, but I felt good about all my submissions lately. And I've been rejected from everything. There was like a month period right <laughs> thank you i yeah i've been rejected by reductress four times um reductress we'll hard though. They're, they're hard to get into well they it feels like i'm i know that it's because i'm in like a circle of comedy people but it literally feels like everybody i know writes for them except me like it feels like a lunch table that i'm like hello please <laughs> um i applied for, what else i applied for like onion and clinical i knew that, that was a long shot um I applied to write for like three tv shows um and never heard back from any of them again that would have been an extremely long shot but um my yeah my therapist is like that sucks why are you doing a job where it's rejection 99 percent of the time I don't know (laughs) I don't know have you been I mean do you are you like applying to stuff? Do you have comedy that you can get rejected from? Is I guess what I'm asking. Um, me personally, I've like applied to like jobs, like also like the copywriting. Um, okay. Kind of like vibes. I'm mainly into like social media and communications work. And I've been really lucky. I work at a comedy club in DC. I do their marketing for them. Which one? Uh, Improbable comedy. <gasps> nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like it's an internship, but it's like it's like the job that I would do for free and like no money because I love it so much. They should pay you no matter how much you <laughs> love it. I'm glad you love it, but I yeah, yeah. no free labor. It's paid, thankfully. Um okay, extremely good to I'm glad. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's been fun. I love it because also just widen my like network of comedians. Yes, it's uh it doesn't feel like networking but it definitely is because 
like you know somebody you know somebody and that's how you end up on the show um it's a lot better than just like cold sending someone a tape mm-hmm. um and also my like the last good tape I have is so wildly different from the stuff that I do now mm-hmm. that it's like I feel like I'm bait and switching people <laughs> <laughs> the catfish of comedy <laughs> yeah literally I'm like surprise you thought like I still had my long hair I didn't have any of my tattoos well I had like two of them but not uh, I didn't have my like too much bigger uh, forearm ones yet not that that affects people's like perception of comedy. I just, I think if I showed up, they would be like, I don't know who this is. I don't recognize this person. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, I, hello, did you, are you an audience member? Are you somebody's brother? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, you're obviously younger than me. I think and I'm, I'm 23. You're 25. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. 25. And okay. I know that that barely seems like a difference, but what is, what is I, a difference? there, I mean, A, there is B, like I am starting, I, I knew this would happen. I started comedy when I was 19 or 20, I think 20. Same. Um, okay. Yeah. So you got that one year of having to use, like, if you're supposed to get somewhere that's 21 plus trying to be like, no, I'm performing, please let me in. Um, one place like took my fake ID when I was trying to get I was like I'm just trying to perform here please you can take the fake ID just let me in here and they like wrote on my like not even an x they like wrote on my hand like underage (laughs) in sharpie Um, but yeah 23 feels infinitely younger than 25 and now I feel like I'm seeing all these comedians like I'm used I was used to being like the young one like people will be like oh my god I wish I had started in college um and now it feels like everybody is younger than me or my age. And now they have managers and agents and yeah, TV jobs. And it's weird to think about because it's like, I am like, oh man, I wish I felt that successful, but I also don't want my face on TV. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, these people are considered successful because they're doing acting stuff too. I, I, I think anything other than like me being on stage and telling jokes if you were not there in the moment, it's gone. It's now disappeared forever. Like, I feel like uh, the opposite example is like TikTok or something where like, that's where all the people younger than me are getting these huge audiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're also getting like so many hate comments and shit. Like people on TikTok are fucking ruthless. I would not put my face up there. No, yeah. Are I you, are you uh, on TikTok? I am, but I don't post anything, really. I'm too scared yeah. to. Yeah, I've posted, like, nine times, maybe, and most of it is from a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. It feels like all of my friends got on TikTok and got 100,000 followers out of, not out of nowhere, like, they're very funny, and they, one of those friends is, like, uh, she's a therapist, and she like does a bunch of witchy stuff so she has such a following for being such a niche Mm -hmm. person I don't know I don't really know how I got to this topic (laughs) I just I'm mad that people are younger than me and being successful like I get (laughs) I'm so 25 isn't even old I just feel like uh, I don't know it's like that I think it's a Jabuki tweet where he's like 
being a millennial is like you feel like once you turn 25 someone will come and kill you <laughs> you're not successful. that's like your life is over that's it yeah <laughs> god i uh i distinctly remember like very confidently to one of my friends being like i'm gonna work for comedy central at 22 and he was like oh yeah what else and i was like and i'm gonna have a special by 25 fucking mark my words and then i did the first half and never the second half too late well actually no that's not true i have some months left to make that happen but it's i don't think i I have i think material as i thought i would (laughs) definitely i think i think the world needs maddie gross in their lives and definitely like of course you are so involved in like every part every like aspect of this industry i have no doubt that you're gonna end up with a special going incredibly far like you oh are my God, you're networking so on every front well the yeah. thing is though with me is that i can spot who the funniest person in the room is i can spot the title that that that's not me i'm not the funniest person in the room there's gonna be a thousand people more for example you but truly i think like i think i'm better at the producing parts and actual performing part <laughs> Every part of that is important. I think you're a fucking amazing performer and the fact that you produce, like you have a podcast. Yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> that requires time and editing. And you do it. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, this, it, this is how I tell time. It really does. I don't know how to tell time without my podcast. Yeah. That's, I don't know how to tell time without my mic. I don't know what day of the week it is ever until like I have a little thing in my phone pop up like, hey, you got to gotta close the signups and like actually email people i just remembered i have to distribute comic money i have to do that it's been almost a week um i pay so i just realized that might sound confusing i pay my performers um on the open mic it's uh because i don't think anybody should have to do comedy for free um in the beginning i had to cancel a couple mics because so few people signed up and now i am always amazed like three people will sign up to be audience through the like actual form and then I go into the zoom room and people have brought friends and it's amazing every time and I collect tips and it's been first of all I let 12 performers sign up because I have never not once had everybody show up there's every single time two people will not show up and it's different two people and sometimes they'll warn you and sometimes they won't um so it's usually 10 performers and I am really proud that I've made uh, more than a hundred dollars in tips for the past three times in a row. So I get to pay comics awesome. like 10 bucks. <laughs> oh my God. That's always yeah. the best feeling. I, I definitely feel that. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing about producing is it's like, not only does it feel good to do the comedy yourself, but you get to like boost other people with it. Like mm-hmm. I'm buying somebody lunch kind of. Exactly. Exactly. That's why <laughs> I feel like when enough. I paid the comedians for comedy bonfire and um like i just paying them like sending them the venmo and the money i'm just like wow you can buy something with this and i feel really happy for that. <laughs> right it's so nice i once a month where there's like two shows a month and then once a month i'll take uh 14 out of the pool because to pay for zoom premium um but zoom premium has paid for itself so far and then well, not and then some because it's not my money. It goes to comics. But um, yeah, it's so nice to like, I don't know. I like the producing side of it. Somebody asked me if this mic was ever in person. Um, 
it was not, it started in like, I don't know, like December. Um, but I, the idea of running a show in person, especially in New York, because I do not know like venues or people whatsoever. Um, I would love to have the energy to do that. I don't know if I can like find a place, do something every other week, like set up everything. Like you have to have a microphone amp unless they have it all there. You have to like, I don't know, sort of like play music beforehand. So it's not incredibly awkward. Um, yeah. Who the fuck knows? Um, yeah. I would love yeah. to take this in person, but for now uh, I'm just going to keep running it on zoom as long as people are still showing up. Yeah, 100%. I think definitely now, since Zoom comedy is not a thing, it's so much more accessible than it is before. And, like, you can book comedians who are all over the world. It's insane. Yeah. I had somebody from Scotland come to my mic once. It was incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. What are you, do you think you would ever do comedy bonfire? Was it in person? Same question, I guess. No, we started, um, um elizabeth knight had started and uh we started in february yeah. oh wow i thought it was much i thought it was much older it feels like it was long ago but then it we actually just started in february like i think it was after um your mic we performed and we were both complaining because we're like oh there's not many like zoom open mics like that's not a thing like there's zoom shows there's no zoom open mics and I think we were like, why don't we start our own? And it yeah. just turned into something. And it was like, oh my gosh, now we're booking like headliners and stuff like that. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, uh, I like Zoom comedy for how accessible it is. Like there was somebody hard of hearing in the audience once. And there's like a Zoom auto caption feature. But then there was also some other like outside app that we set up so that there was one like mm-hmm. one of the squares of Zoom had subtitles. Um, and I just, I would not know how to do that. Short of like, he didn't, he was not hard of hearing enough to require like an ASL interpreter. Um, but, you know, I would want to, I like the fact that comics fill out a form and they tell me there's like a section for, there's two things that are super important that I wish I could do at every mic is like get somebody's pronouns so that you're not fucking it up. And there's a section that's like, do you need any accessibility features? And uh, it's much harder to ask that, I guess. I don't know. I've really liked it. Sometimes I don't have energy to like physically get myself to a mic. So the fact that I just get to like sit in my room and not have to wear pants is really nice. 100%. Yes. Do you, do you like, I don't know how to ask this. Do you get fancy in any way for shows? Like, do you still, like from the waist up, I will still dress like I'm going out to do comedy. Like, A, I don't have a lot of excuses to do that. B, it's just fun. So I will put on like full on makeup to run my shows. Um, I don't know. I think that part is fun yeah definitely it's the dressing up it's the getting ready to go do something you love yeah I I don't want to skip the getting ready part because it's just like I don't know I just remember the feeling yeah like getting ready to go out to a mic and like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
this yeah. is such a I don't know why I just thought of this I remember having a conversation with a bunch of other comics when I was back in DC um at the time all of us um were well at the time all of us thought we were women like three other people from that group are also non-binary I don't know what happened (laughs) that we all like caught it um but we were talking about how like there's such a narrow window of how comics read as women can dress because it's like if you're too hot, people won't take you seriously. Yes. If you're not a little hot at all, people won't look at you. Like you have to be exactly the right amount of like chill and attractiveness. Cool. Exactly. There, oh, it's so in, I, I, when I was in Maryland, I used to TA for uh, a woman in comedy class. And that's um, amazing. That's a class. That's so fun. That was a class at Maryland. It was amazing. I was truly oh my, my favorite class ever at Maryland. And, um, one of the things we talked about was the uh, pretty versus funny dichotomy. So, like, um, if a woman typically, like, for example, a common, uh, common person we talk about is Amy Schumer, and she talked about yep. her weight and how she's uncontentious, like, how she's, you know, attractive, but, like, she's not the attractive you would get comparatively, like, society things. So, like, you have this, you know, oh, if she's if she's pretty, she can't be funny. But if she's, you know, not so good-looking, she has to be funny. And that's just how, like, it worked. And, like, how um, Brandy Bryce, for example, she had that nose. She had Jewish nose. So she, I think she got it altered. I don't know. It's been a long time since I thought about this. But um, <laughs> she had it altered some of that just so she can go into acting and show she can be like oh presentable to society because society was telling her like hey you need to look a certain way and that's something that still hasn't gone away today in today's society compared to that oh yeah I I'm Jewish and I had a consultation for a nose job like last year two years ago and then um I mean a first of all one of the things that my one of my good friends said is that like her mom got a nose job before she was born but she has like her mom's nose like original nose um and that her mom one day was like honestly I'm kind of sad that like like we could have matched like it was such an obvious like this is my child and um I mean I'm not having (laughs) biological children but just the idea that like like my dad's nose looks exactly like mine um, and to like lose that matching with him like people would always have us turn sideways um mm-hmm. also I would have had to discontinue like temporarily get off my Crohn's medication to be able to safely have surgery and it's not worth reactivating Crohn's for that also I don't know how the fuck I thought I was going to pay for it I was like I have a deviated septum that'll cover this right and they were like no <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that was a stupid idea of me but it did kind of feel, I don't know. I was like, I need to be, I need to step my game up. I'm in a bigger city. And like, there's always somebody hotter, younger, funnier, like more always, successful. But, but you have to remember that you are one of the funniest people in the room that comes with a confidence thing. And you always have me hyping you up. So I will always hype you up too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love um, the communal aspect of comedy it's lovely 
Yes, definitely. I'm so glad that I like had this community of friends I've been able to make through Burn App. It's insane. Yeah, right. Yeah, damn. I mean, there's a lot of negatives that come with that, but I feel like I have found uh some like genuine friends. Also, I've had some, I don't know, it feels sometimes it feels like a little brush with celebrity. Like a couple times somebody has followed me that is like a comedian that I super respect. And I'm like, you're gonna look at my tweets. You see this every day. <laughs> my um I don't know how it happened. I don't know what happened, but uh, Sarah Cooper and I have followed each other since before she like blew up and was famous. And whenever I see that she still follows me, I'm like, that's insane. <laughs> like that's something. people with Netflix specials are viewing my tweets. Um, I mean, even though it ultimately doesn't like mean anything for my career I don't know there's just little parts of Twitter that make me feel like I'm doing some sort of comedy and I really only want to use Twitter up until I get some sort of like either representation out of it or like some kind of writing job out of it because people see that like I just I remember somebody got hired for what was it I think it was for Stephen Colbert they got hired or maybe one of those two yeah somebody this was years ago it was like I think before everybody had that idea but they saw somebody's tweets and were like this is really good do you want to come write for us and 0.0000001 percent of my brain is like that's what's gonna happen that's what this is for I have had I would so I have had a couple of friends of mine get like meetings with managers to potentially have one and they it hasn't nobody that I know that didn't already have one before I met them has one yet but all of the people get talked to it's because they make front-facing videos I am not a front-facing video person I think looking at my own face is the cringiest shit of all time (laughs) so I don't know what I'm expecting to happen it's people are getting big as like comedian slash actors i i will not do the actor part no (laughs) i feel that it's terrifying acting terrifies me yeah yeah it's not even like a being good at it or not it's like i don't know i don't know just being sincere (laughs) in front of people is not my my strong suit no i get that um, my last two questions for you are, is that what are your dreams and hopes for comedy and what advice do you have for future comics? Um, oh man, my hopes and dreams. I would love, so like the best way to describe it, I guess, is that I want to be successful in comedy in a way that people know my name, but not my face so that I don't have to like, like, I don't want to be famous I want to be successful in the field um if I'm just touring and nobody outside of that like really knows who I am totally cool um I really would love to write for a tv show um this is the first this year is the first time that I've really like every other time I've thought about it and then it's like okay well are you doing literally anything to get there and now I am um I'm expecting it to take a very long time but um, I'm just going to keep racking up rejections until I don't. Um, 
my uh advice for other so I mean there's always the like believe in yourself but like one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was just starting um this pretty much only applies to people who are just starting um your touch point for comedy is usually hour-long specials and in those hour-long specials people are telling long stories that might take a while to get to punchline but like you're still following along for the whole story um I did it too where I tried to write it like that um but when you only have five minutes you don't have time to tell a story you have to shorten everything it has to be like my friends and I used to joke about like JPM jokes per minute like you have to have way more punchlines than you thought um and it's intimidating, but also freeing because I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have to talk about, like, I think what I talked about was like one of those paint your own pottery places um, and how they expect me to be good at it because I have tattoos. Um, <laughs> but I mean that, like, t- don't try to, this sounds so like, don't tell stories, but, like, don't try to tell a whole ass story if you only have five minutes. Um, love to hear those stories, though, just not necessarily uh, on stage um and um man I'm offering like really specific advice here um if you're on a mic especially in person and there's like not a lot of audience or something's weird about it don't say something's weird about it do not insult the person who's trying to run this the best they can like I don't know just be nicer to people than you think you need to like talking shit about another comic is not going to get you anywhere um you just kind of have to go do your best oh last uh advice is from my mom actually and she gave me this is the only good piece of comedy advice my mom's ever given me sorry mom just kidding she won't listen to this because I'm not out to her so um if you tell a joke and people don't laugh at the punchline right away you might have just gone too fast um so like you'll get 10 times more laughs than you did before if sometimes you just like let a punchline breathe mm-hmm. um and have fun <laughs> I guess I don't know people can tell when you're having fun with it even if you're telling a joke that like nobody else likes but you love it fuck it I'm gonna tell my bird blowjob joke even though nobody likes it <laughs> I love that that's fantastic advice thank you i'm so happy to talk to you about all this stuff this is lovely yes this is so much fun thank you so much yeah Yeah, thank you for having me i can't wait to uh listen to this episode and the rest of them and probably sign up for comedy bonfire i should do do that 